to go? Yeah. What's up and welcome to Movie Schmovie, episode 185. Hey. What? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm Steve. I'm Ron. I'm John. And uh, we're here today to maybe catch up on some movies that we've seen recently. Thankfully, we're talking about two recent films. Like, Ronald, mm-hmm. I know you're a big fan of the day and date stuff as close as, as close as possible right. uh, that we can do. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about two movies, one that came out last week, one that comes out today, mm-hmm. both Shh. possible number one movies. Logan is the first film we'll be talking about, number cool. one last weekend. Hugh Jackman's last run as the Wolverine. It's good that we can talk about it now just because, you know, we're a week removed and the numbers right. are in. and right. Yeah, it's 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 nice to think. And then about. we'll also be getting into Kong Skull Island, which is the today's new release. If you're listening to this on Friday, the day uh, that the film actually officially hits theaters, or, or Thursday night at midnight, if you want to be very correct mm-hmm. and not partially correct, like I am being right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool that we got two movies, two big movies uh, that we are right on top of. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if you're unsure about going to see them or not, hopefully we can let you know if it's worth it or not. And if you already saw them, you can either disagree or, or agree with us. Hopefully mm-hmm. you'll agree. Before we get to the new movies, guys, I did want to do a little bit of cleanup on our remakes episode. Uh, listener and frequent poster Kevin Isaacson uh, Kevin, says, thank you so much for always posting. I like the, the level of activity. Yes. I, li- I appreciate it. No, I do too. Thank you. Sure. So he asked, follow you up. John or Kevin? Kevin. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you thank me. I'll pass it along to Kevin. Okay. Thank you. All right. Kevin. <laughs> Don't listen to Ronald's thank you, Kevin. Only take it from John. He's going to pass it along to you later. You shut your face, Ronald. I'm going to talk to John. Only through John. Kevin, direct message me. I'll hit you up with some stuff that Ronald uh, Ronald had to say that I think might make you feel pretty good. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. You guys should hang out sometime. So he says, follow-up question. Who would each of you choose to play yourselves in the inevitable podcast remake craze of 2021? Mm. So who would play oh, shit. Ronald James, Steve Ritter, John Walker? Marshall Ali. I, I don't know who I'd pick for myself, but I think of Paul Rudd a lot when I think of John. Really? Uh, yeah, I could get Paul Rudd vibes. But um, also Edgar Ramirez when oh. he's got the beard and the longer hair like John has. Right, right. I don't know that he's That's a good um, one, man. has the John humor. Maybe maybe uh, they could split the role of John, like you know, kind of like a. Uh, I don't forget what movies have done that, but like uh, Moonlight. <laughs> Moonlight, but I mean like like where they're playing them at the same time. Like, oh, wow. Well, I'm that? not there. I'm not there is what I was trying to think of. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe somebody, I mean, because you are a character that deserves that. I'd probably just go with Meryl Streep for me. <laughs> That's a good I one, mean, man. She'd get an award regardless. It'd either be Mahershala Ali for me or the, the guy from um, Zoe Deschanel comedy, the cop in the show. Um, oh, Winston? Winston. Uh, Winston. I don't know his name. He's so funny. That works. We at wear the, similar shirts. Mm, yeah. At the hair salon that I used to go to, because they knew how to cut, you know, my my lovely hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to find a salon. I'm not. I'm no. I'm not a barbershop guy, Steve. Right. It's right. Just right. Never right. going to be mm-hmm. that way. Right. Um, they used to say that I looked like. What What movie was it where Jason Patrick was undercover? Narc. As, narc. No, not narc. Um, uh, Rush. Rush. Yeah. Yes. Where he's like a strung out drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> and you said thank you, right? Well, I always I knew that ladies like Jason Patrick, so I knew to take it You're as like, a compliment. Thank you. Yes, mm. right. Maybe if Paul Rudd gains weight for a role, yeah, if he's willing to do that, then I yeah. think he's got what it takes totally. to play me. Cool. Total Rudd. And I, I think Mahershala is a pretty good fit for you. I know he's kind of an it boy right now. I love his laugh, man. He has the greatest laugh. But he also has a deep voice, and so I feel like he could sell. He's he could sell something of your vibe, you know? Yeah, I feel like we both wear do rags kind of similarly. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've not ever seen you in one. No, I I mean, I'm going to Photoshop one of myself. Okay, you should, obviously. <laughs> yep. So that's it. Right. I, I don't know. I don't got anybody else. No, Meryl Streep is good. I think Meryl I'm Streep... going to go ahead and say, um, now I'm spacing on his name. It plays Ehrlich Bachman on, on Silicon Valley. Ehrlich. Which one's Ehrlich? Oh, oh, T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah! Especially if I had my long hair. Yeah. That's a dead ringer. Yeah. yeah. I get that a lot. Have you been watching... Uh, You're not crashing? like a big galoot like him, though. He's got... I can like... be. Yeah. yeah. I can be. <laughs> Have you been watching... Give crash... me time. Crashing on HBO? No. I watched the first couple... TJ, TJ Miller. I watched the first... I wasn't into you didn't it. didn't like it? No. Keep watching it. Mm, okay. Watch watch episode two. It gets... I did. I saw that one. You didn't TJ like Miller. that either? It was okay. So now I want to see Mahershala Ali, Paul Rudd... And uh, and TJ Miller mm. interacting sounds like to see if they have the right chemistry. There's just so much good stuff coming out of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like we're just giving ideas away for free. So in like a year, you're going to see a film that all three of them are cast in. Mm-hmm. It's going to be no like quinky dink that yeah. that person that producer somebody's listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Called it. I don't yeah. know who it is, but called you it. Us, you owe us that twenty thousand dollars <laughs> that Ronald said would be so easy and nice to split amongst the yeah. three of us <laughs> off of our YouTube yeah. dollars. I think that yeah. was before the mics got switched on. Okay, but, well, uh, for those of you that don't know, we were thinking about ways to make money. Yeah, and, and Ronald, Ronald suggested <laughs> a YouTube plan yeah. to make a little side income, but we don't need that. I think the bolder part of his suggestion was that having $20,000 to split three ways would be pretty nice. Yeah, we <laughs> all agreed on that unanimously. <laughs> <laughs> to no surprise at all. It's like I was watching you like You're like unsure about it. Like, I'm going to yeah. throw this idea out there. I'm not sure if people are going to like it. But yeah. twenty grand three ways, it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was watching uh, Boag Empire. I remember, and they were like, you better cough up the $30 for rent. And I was mm-hmm. like, $30 for rent? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's if only. If only. If only. Mm. But they yeah. didn't seem to be having that good of a time on no. Boardwalk Empire most no, of the time. No, they were so. they were also making alcohol yeah. <laughs> in their apartment, so um movies. <laughs> we uh so the first movie that we're gonna talk about is Logan, right? Um what do you what are your thoughts about everything post Deadpool in the world of Fox? Is it Fox? Yeah. In the world of Fox. Well, I think in general, most people will agree. I, I don't think that Fox has a clue what they're doing no. in terms of like the the comic world that they've no. built, you know, in terms of like character crossovers and timelines mm. and things like that. But um, I think they've gotten incredibly lucky, though, yes. with a film like Deadpool and now a movie like Logan. Um, I do believe that like a Deadpool opens the door for a movie like this for them to be like, okay, yeah, do it, you know, kind of thing. But I don't know that I feel like they have much of a grasp on what they're doing. I think it's like kind of see what sticks. Yeah. And if something works, like, let's let's try that again. You know, like the R rating type comment. Yeah. I don't think that that means that they're going to do all these R movies. Like, I don't think it's necessary yeah. either. If it lends itself story-wise, like, like I think Logan definitely does. For various reasons. Yeah. yeah. Go yeah. for it. Um, but... I think they I think that entire Fox world should be like grateful for something like Deadpool, mm-hmm. but even more so grateful for someone like Hugh Jackman being such a big character like you know being Wolverine for 17 years. Like yeah. I feel like that kind of thing is what allows that whole comic book superhero world that Fox has to exist really mm. at all now. Yeah. And to have gone so strongly to this point and, and see, you know, whatever they're able to do next. Like, I feel like so much of it is owed 
to how great he is as Wolverine yeah, and that character absolutely. and where he places among any other studio's superhero franchise. Like you yeah. could you could put that character against anybody in any you know, the best of the Marvel cinematic universe at Disney or like even what DC's doing, I think. Yeah. You know, I think Hugh Jackman was um you know, born to be Wolverine, and I think that that's like really afforded Fox, like, and Brian Singer and Simon Kinsberg, like all these people that have been so involved with the X Men world, to just be doing what they're doing. I think it's so much of it is owed to Hugh Jackman. The reason yeah. it's a franchise, exactly, is that yeah. character, absolutely, and the strength of that performance. Totally. And also relevant to Logan is the fact that uh, Patrick Stewart. I think yeah. you not quite as important as Wolverine as far as the iconography, but in terms of just a performance and a role and something we feel like we've kind of grown with. The X Men franchise has been going since two thousand, yeah, yeah, and it's been kind of chugging along. Yeah. And suddenly Deadpool comes out and it's this self assured movie and it knows what it is. And then Logan comes out and it knows what it is. And it's strange to say that nine times into playing the character, Hugh Jackman finally got a movie that was like up to his performance Absolutely. up to what he could bring to it. <clears throat> There's a lot of talk about how this movie like breaks free of the continuity. And I think it's interesting how much it both represents like a total break, but mm -hmm. also a movie that could not exist with the weight that it does. If not for that time span, we've talked about yeah. where we spent with these characters. So it totally trades on the continuity and the time we've spent, but it manages to tell a real story with characters that feel like they go through something. <clears throat> it doesn't feel like a movie that hits a reset button. It doesn't feel like it's setting up another thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I think that, like Deadpool, that is what people are going to find refreshing. You can really look at Deadpool and Logan as the future of what Fox should be doing with the X-Men properties, which yeah. is interesting characters, actors that are meant to play the roles, break them off into little stories that are manageable. Sure. Logan in particular. Deadpool was a strong, you know, statement. But Logan in particular is like, you you can't make this movie without all these elements coming together. It is awesome. Yeah. It is an incredible That's experience incredible. at the theater. It was emotional, and it really puts you through it. And There's so much going into that movie that you feel, and they, they twist it around, and they play with your expectations. It really felt so organic, and like it was just a, a story about characters that needed to be told. And it also happens to be this great capper to this this actor's time in a role. And, sure. and it, like you said, Steve, I think maybe people are now finally saying, oh my God, how great he is. But there's no question in this movie, he embodies that character I mean, I don't know that you can... I can't think of many other actors who have done quite what he's done with that character. No. He's I'm, incredible in it. He is. I mean, I think it's kind of admirable that when Deadpool did as well as it did, that they didn't announce 10 movies. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's something about kind of isolating them. They could have... These movies are critically rated better than almost anything out or any any comic book movie before it. And for Fox to kind of isolate these stories and commit to isolating them is pretty fucking weird, in a good way. Yeah, it, it is. It is really weird. It's like super weird. I still, I still don't know that I, I like. They're, they're definitely want, for whatever you want to say about Warner Brothers and like how, what in the hell is happening there? Mm -hmm. I, I we could do a whole episode right. just trying to track what's going on with Warner Brothers. Right. right now. I just think that Fox. I, I, I. I for for what is going on with Warner Brothers, I, I feel like they have an idea of what they want to try to do. Mm -hmm. I don't think that, like, I, I'm not sold on the idea that Fox actually has an idea no, of what they want they do to do either. at all. I mm -hmm. think what they do is they, they approach it as it comes up. Yeah. You know, like, Deadpool's huge. Hugh Jackman's out or is on his way out. He's been wanting to do this story. He has this idea. 
we got to go for it. And like, I'm glad they did because I absolutely love the film. It's yeah. awesome, like John said. Everybody in it is incredible. But like, I still leave that theater thinking, but what does that mean for like Fox's X Men world? Nothing. Yeah. Because literally, what some people don't like about it, and I do not agree with this, is that basically the events in this film, if you if you put it in the timeline of everything they've done, yeah. it makes anything that came before it or that continues the timeline of what they have going on now in in like apocalypse or that whole mm-hmm. world, it makes it all basically not matter. Yeah. Because like they mention like basically all these mutants dying off mm-hmm. and like, you know, obviously their efforts matter at the moment in whatever film it's in, but I'm talking about this end game of like Wolverine is one of the last ones around or the rest yeah. of them are in hiding and they mm-hmm. acknowledge <clears throat> losing characters and they acknowledge the Statue of Liberty event from X2 I think X1 X1 okay. and you know there's all these there's acknowledgement in this film that it is in the same timeline somehow yeah because like John said like we've earned this or we, we've we've committed to this feeling about this character yeah. so it is in that world but if you try to look at that timeline that they've allowed oh, to happen oh. it is a clusterfuck of oh no it doesn't proportion. it doesn't really add up it, it, what's weird is that it doesn't add up and yet it, it's like it it adds up emotionally this movie yes it does Logan the character, adds up emotionally you're absolutely right and but the the movies to, the movie to movie continuity since say first class has been a total mess exactly that, that's where yeah. it really did the moment pivot. they brought back Patrick Stewart as Professor X without explaining how he got back in his own body. Right. Because right. he died in the third X-Men yep. movie. Spoilers, sorry. Yep. And then was in the, I think it was in a, like a post-credits tease on uh, the Wolverine that he shows right, up. Right, right, and he right. says, we need help. Right. And that was bringing Wolverine back in for X-Men Days of Future Past where it was both versions of Magneto and Charles. So you right. had, you know, McKellen and you had McKellen and Stewart, and then you had uh, uh, Fastbender and, and McAvoy. McAvoy. And it seemed like they were passing the torch to Fastbender and McAvoy. Then they brought the old guys back in. The impression I got was that behind the scenes, after seeing how the great actors they attracted to those roles in first class, that Brian Singer was actually very, like, pushy and aggressive about getting back in. Because Matthew Vaughn supposedly had his whole uh, really? plan for, like, doing a sequel to first class. Wow. And then Brian Singer, who. Much less, uh, in terms of yeah. which director would I like to be helming my comic no book question. movie, I would pick Matthew Vaughn over Brian Every Singer. Yeah. I think that that in a lot of ways, from what I've heard behind the scenes, if anything, this Deadpool success and this Logan success that seems like it's going to be at least a pretty big success, if not a juggernaut like, like Deadpool was, it seems like maybe Fox is gaining the cojones to... Uh, um, to step away from from Brian Singer, Brian Singer to tell him no. However, yeah. Simon Kinberg is just as culpable in all this clusterfuck that we've I been talking him about, earlier. Yep. Yeah. and he's the one they're talking about possibly directing the next one. Yeah. Now, maybe, maybe not so bad, but you know, he's a guy who was heavily involved in X three. He's a guy who was heavily involved in all the moves that Brian Singer has made. Yes. So it's a franchise that has never been able to really break free. And outside of moments of, uh, I think Days of Future Past had some good stuff in it. I think the first two are fine. Uh, uh, they, they've aged sort of poorly, but they still have some great moments. First class, I think, still pretty highly up. Yeah. Um, I actually like X-Men 2. Yeah, well, that's a, what I'm I saying. Think, yeah. I, I think it's really good. I think that it's just, nowadays, it just would seem like it, it has that Brian Singer <clears throat> quality of just not having, there's just some, it's like lacking some visual imagination or grandeur or something that could soul. be that's really what amazing. It, it lacks soul. But Logan is like the first, in my mind, it's not, and it's not perfect, perfect, perfect. It's not perfect, down, no. but but like, no, no. 
it's so solid and it's so well <clears throat> acted and so well shot and so just well conceived. It really is the first one that feels to me like it has staked its claim as as its own legitimate movie, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't have you don't have to have nostalgia for these characters necessarily to appreciate those aspects of it. I think yeah. to feel the full weight of what happens, you do have to know the story. Yeah. But I think the movie is so emotional and so it kind of makes its own rules up and you follow along and then you realize what's going on with it it does not require having seen the last two i guess is my point i I think at the heart of it what what separates logan from a lot of other movies is that it it is a story that just so happens to be about comic book characters as opposed to ones that are produced to be these like hyper real elaborate like you know blow up the city sort of stories the fact that this is like a has a small feel to it, and um, in a lot of comic book movies, when when somebody get somebody dies in it, it doesn't quite feel as impactful as it does in this one, where the the characters that die, the characters that are hurt, the characters that are affected, it feels a lot more real. And I guess that never re- was a thing in any of the X Men movies, besides the main characters being hurt, right. and it never <clears> felt <throat> like. People can get hurt. It feels very real. The characters feel the impact mm-hmm. of it. You know, so that's I don't think I've ever seen anything. Well, I don't think you've ever seen anybody have this kind of freedom with the characters. Yeah, yeah, you know, like this movie really was fueled by knowing that Hugh Jackman was leaving and wanted to do something special. Yeah, and I think that that right there is, and maybe he was enabled and and the studio was emboldened by the success of Deadpool Absolutely, to say, yeah. okay, yes, you can have your R rating, which I agree with you guys. I'm not. I don't. I don't want this to be the lesson that they learn. I feel like yeah. DC has now come forward and said we want to do R-rated movies too. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I point out the Punisher Warzone was an R-rated movie. Yeah. I'm just saying. Right. That was a shitty movie. So like to. But that follows in the heels of like R-rated action flicks. You know. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it didn't have this. They didn't think of the Punisher as something that had like kitty appeal. I mean, I feel like that's what they're they're trying to seize on though is this idea that like people want to see grown up comic book stories it's like no if it if it's a story that wants to be light and fun I want it to be light and fun but what's interesting about this is the violence being shown on screen in this movie all along even in the comics and this is where I disagree with people that are like well they've got to make it finally just as violent as the comics in the comics you don't see no. you don't see anything like what you saw in this no. movie in the comics the comics are a little bit more free to show like like just him swinging and slashing without you necessarily seeing what's going on. Right. But in the movies, they've always done that thing where it's like a couple of quick shots to like a guy who's in body armor. Wolverine goes whoop, whoop, with his claws and the guy goes down and it's bloodless. And I think you could have gotten through this movie with that kind of violence, except seeing seeing the blood and the gore meant we saw what Wolverine sees and what Wolverine has seen every time he's gotten himself out of a right. fix by going yeah. that there's been like people gutted and like slashed throats and limbs laying around you know i think by the time at the end of the movie when we see the weight that has had on him we believe it because we've we've had to deal with it too and the movie is very unflinching i mean there's there's a lot of gore in this movie like stylized and kind of you know part of fun battle scenes but they don't shy away from shit getting chopped off and sliced open and and seeing someone with a healing factor get half their head blown off you know that's pretty interesting i don't know it's just I thought I was impressed by that. I was not. I don't mean like necessarily impressed. Just like oh, that's great. I just mean that really hit me throughout yeah. the movie. Like wow, this is this is grim because of how gory it is. And I was telling Nikki, and I was trying to kind of tell her, you know, whether I think she would really like the movie. But she was like, that doesn't sound like I would like it. And I was like, yeah, but you would think it was cool. 
when it doesn't sound like you want to see like a bunch of guys get stabbed through the face yeah. and till their eyes bug out or whatever in slow motion, <laughs> you know. But when you see it, if it, it feels necessary, doesn't it? Yeah, like yeah, it feels yeah. like these are bad guys that right. need to get killed, and Wolverine is in a position where he's got a he's got a bust ass to get them. I feel like it's the movie just works this weird magic that like it had this brutal violence, but somehow it felt earned. It never felt like it was exploiting it too much. It felt like there was a reason for it, and then by the time it gets to the end of the film, what you've seen, you've been through something really different than you've seen in any of these other movies. I don't want to see people imitating this. I want to see... Oh, it will be, though. But, you know, I want people to imitate the right things about this movie, yeah. which is to say, break a character off and tell a story that fits the character. Sure. But don't take the lesson that everything's got to have F-bombs left and right. Although, right. man, was it gratifying to hear Wolverine cuss like he would in real life. Yeah. And, yeah. and the relationship between him and Professor Xavier, uh, yeah. where it's like the old senile man and like the son essentially who's also old and yeah. having his own issues but now he's taking care of someone who's really old that was so it, yeah. it was like that not was, cooperating that yeah. was so human yeah. and yeah. real and like it got me man like i was just like i was so emotionally involved in their relationship well it's also interesting like to watch them in where in the timeline like whatever it was like 2029 or mm-hmm. whatever it takes place to see them like trying to be as human and normal as possible, mm-hmm. you know, especially Logan's character, um, like as a limo driver, yeah. you know, and like basically just tolerate what life is for an average person who has an average job. Yeah. You know, suppressing, you know, these things that he's endowed with and, you know, th- this life that he really lives. And it is really interesting, like John was saying, like a lot of the other films, like, you know, a lot of the cuts and the shots are so close that it, it, it doesn't let you see what's happening, yeah. the trail that's being left behind. Mm-hmm. But one of the cool things about this film is that, like, some of the shots, the camera does pull back mm-hmm. a lot. And you see this devastation that this character that you know is imposing on somebody that you just haven't been allowed to see mm-hmm. because of a rating or because of a demo that a studio is going after. So it's 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 cool too when you hear that you know we watched a bunch of stuff we were talking about the other day like interviews with Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart like Hugh Jackman saying like when they first came up with this idea at least when he did that it wasn't immediately his intention to say it's got to be R mm-hmm. like that was not his plan it was mm-hmm. really James Mangold like once they actually had the story together it was like that would serve this story if we right. actually allowed it to do that this time mm-hmm. and I love the idea of like you know the character earning that you know being a last his last you know performance as his character. Um, I don't know, man. Like it, it didn't. If you look at it as a film, as a studio, as a business, you're like, they definitely were like, do R because Deadpool killed. Yeah. yeah. But but you look at it as a fan, and you're like, it earned this R rating. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I would have loved to believe that even if Deadpool didn't exist, that this film could have been made one. I hope so. And this film could have been been rated R. Right. Because it only helps the movie. It's yeah. not... It, it's gratuitous in sense, but it's not gratuitous just to, for the rating. Well, it's right. gratuitous it, it's for the on sh- purpose with the point. Right. You know? For the story and, yeah. and for the show like all the pain and suffering that he that he's going through and not just his victims but some of the stuff that he's going through. Oh, yeah. You know, as, as yeah. a victim himself of, of a fight or a violence or... Of, and a guy of, who's not healing like he used exactly. to. Right. And that's really, really cool to see finally for that character and uh oh man yeah i i, I loved the movie no i i, I found myself I, in the middle of the movie as with any movie that's 2 hours and 15 minutes or whatever mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. i i did think not so much like it was dragging but i did think like well, where is this going where is this going but once it gets to where it's going you realize that everything about the pacing and the tone this kind of mournful <laughs> I, you know, a lot of people are comparing it to a western, yeah, which is yeah. which is pretty accurate. Mm. Unforgiven with claws, I've seen people refer to it. 
Um, I I told someone it was Unforgiven with a dash of Beyond Thunderdome because it's got the (laughs) sort of same last act in a lot of ways as that with like what the hope for the future is. Mm -hmm. Um, And handles it better than Beyond Thunderdome did, the sort of civilization of (laughs) of, uh, children. Um, But I think that the story that it tells... It feels like a series finale. It feels like like the last episode of a television yeah, show or right. something. And the, you know the way so so many times a show will wrap up all of its business and then the last episode is dealing with something simple. Like the second to last episode will deal with all the plot yeah, machinations the and, stuff, and all this yeah. stuff happens and then the last episode will be all about some central question that like are they going to tell this person the secret or are they going to make it out alive? It won't be a lot of stuff. I felt like this was the after all the plot has spun out, yeah. we're just watching these characters deal with the end of the line for like the story that we've known. It doesn't, right. you know, and, and of course setting up future stories as we know these movies can, right. but this movie didn't feel like it existed to do that. And it, we haven't heard a plan that continues from this. I have heard that James Mangold and the actress that plays uh, X-23, the little girl in this, are talking about doing a movie some at some point with her. But cool. how cool would it be if they give it a few years and they let her grow up and then they pick up with that character you know, really and then cool. there's of course all the other X Men characters. Like, there's no reason why they can't surprise us with some. You know, uh, Patrick Stewart has indicated this would be his last film. Yeah, but he also has said he'd come back yeah, for then rescinded it like a day later. Well, he said he'd come back for Deadpool. Yeah, and he also said he would come back for Legion. That he would love yeah. to be on the TV show Legion. Now, if Legion I'm a, is so good. if I'm an executive producer on the television show Legion, I'm hearing that and I'm like, well, now we have to get Patrick Stewart. Right, right. right. This is a weird thing about comic book movies, and mm-hmm. I th- I think that what's interesting about what Marvel has done on the other side is that they've kept things straight, and yeah. it is a cool challenge, and I like to see them rise to the challenge. Yeah. But these other studios, Batman has always been reinvented every few years. Mm-hmm. Wolverine's been reinvented a couple of times, as as we've said, as the timeline of those films is a mess. Yeah. He stays the same. I think that I think there's all kind of ways they could do that. I love the idea of there being a Patrick Stewart who's playing this version of Professor Xavier on television when we saw the story of the other Professor Xavier in the films. I don't yeah. think there's any reason why they can't. At this point, if frankly, if they're going to continue to make X-Men movies, everything's everything's fucked anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so like whoever they choose to play right. whoever, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. This just feels like a real movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that yeah. it's hard, they won't be able to replicate it. It might happen again in five movies, in ten movies. There might be another one that pops out that's this right. way. But this this was a, a real emotional experience and so deep. And like when you get to the, the, the like some of the last words spoken in the film from one character yeah. to another, I think about it constantly since seeing the movie. Yeah. yeah. It's so powerful. And I also want to say, turning in a really cool performance uh, that almost didn't need to be as, as cool as it was, I thought Stephen Merchant was great oh, yeah. in this yeah. movie. Excalibur. I didn't know he had the acting chops. I mean, I think he's a great comedic actor. But you know what? Oh, I he need, was so good, though. I need to start thinking about the idea that like there's a very thin line between comedy and drama. And there's mm-hmm. something about you know him doing some of the things he's done in the mm-hmm. past that have been very similar to the type of drama that he did in this. And I think there's something really pretty amazing about. Uh, so, well, they did play like almost like a sitcom. Right, like his relationship right, right, right. with Wolverine at the beginning of the movie is a little bit like he's the nagging spouse or yeah, something, definitely. and they play it for laughs. But still, it's like it's got this mournful quality to it. And you, you know, like you feel. Do you remember Caliban from the comics ever? Were you ever no. reading the ones with mm. the Morlocks? No, no, no. He was a he was kind of a, a piteous character. He gotcha. were, he was with a group that was often at odds with the good guys, right, right. but he was like one that was very sympathetic. Oh, okay. His whole thing was being able to track mutants and like sniff them out, gotcha. sort of. So it, it, it was cool that his power 
Like I think I thought they did a good job of choosing a character, and this movie is full of that. That the only characters you get are people whose power kind of plays into the story. Sure. Yeah. A story about mortality. <clears throat> well, your healing power is not working anymore. A telepath with dementia. I mean, that's just so it's really cool. like it's both it's, cool it's in a sci-fi kind of sense, but it's also deep on a philosophical sense, like what they're doing with that yeah. and how his power manifests itself, how Wolverine's power manifests itself, and yeah. Stephen Merchant's character has a similar thing. His power can be used in this way that is like taken away from him, and and it's tragic what yeah. happens to yeah. him. There's something about the pacing of the story too that uh, I feel like is only afforded to like TV shows now. Like the idea of just letting a story breathe mm-hmm. that I saw in this movie that I don't see in a lot of movies. Just allowing the story to feel. I liked kind of the slowness of them traveling around a little bit in between. Definitely. That doesn't happen very often, especially especially in comic book movies, where where it's, it seems like almost for some movies almost like a music video for two hours straight, where this felt like it was just fleshed out. And I guess that's the Western aspect of it, but it also feels like something that happens a lot in TV shows now. The reason why people prefer TV over movies, and to have a movie that has that is pretty cool. So. Well, if you like, yeah, if you think about a lot of mo- or a lot of the modern comic book movies, like. Mm-hmm. There's so many set pieces and there's yeah, so many quick so many. cuts and, and scenes are really short. Yeah. They don't air a lot out in those movies. Um, mm-hmm. But like you guys both have alluded to, like there's a lot of scenes in this movie that are pretty long scenes. Yeah. You know, even ones like while they're driving, just like conversations, you know, yeah. like where there's nothing really going on except for building a bond between these two characters, uh, the, you know, the girl and, and Logan before mm-hmm. we get too into spoiler stuff, but like building their relationship and, and them knowing each other and, and without even necessarily initially speaking the same language, right? you know? So there's a lot of like nonverbal stuff that's really powerful and really sells uh, their relationship and, uh, and his motivation in the last act of the film. Yeah. Daphne Keene, <clears throat> the actress who yeah. plays Laura or X 23. Um, has she done anything before this? I, I don't know. She was great. I don't. Great. I don't think so. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure. Though. So many kids could have played that role too mad or too sad or something, but she was just the perfect. She was great. Like yeah. you, you totally see her as a reflection of Wolverine. Like you totally see how that character can be in some ways an, an embodiment of like carrying that torch forward, and right. uh, you know. Yeah. And also, I would say, uh, in terms of the villains in the film. I think that, well, the ultimate villain is a bit of a surprise, and I'm glad they've kept it a surprise. But I thought Richard E. Grant was perfect in that role of, mm-hmm. like, yeah, the, the kind of bureaucratic, scientific villain. Like, he just looks good. He sounds good. He's, he just twists all those lines just right. And Boyd Holbrook was great. Great. Like, yeah. his my favorite moment of his is from the trailer. It was slightly different in the movie, where she comes out of the warehouse and she pops her claws and he's no, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. But like in the movie, it was different. It was framed differently. He says no a couple times, and then he says get out. He backs yeah. up, and then you realize it's, it's <clears throat> well, it's different from what you think happens in the in the trailer. He's a really interesting like villain. Yeah, he like, is. I, I really, I, it really disarmed me a little bit. Like when he first Pops introduces up. himself to Wolverine, yeah, and he's like, I'm a fan. Like I just love like that. He's like this. I think I was reading <clears> somewhere like in an interview, somebody asked him like. He's kind of like a fanboy of these mutants yeah. of yesteryear. Yeah. But he's understanding like how they're manipulating it now, but he's right. still like in some twisted way respects and idolizes him. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, and there's a lot of the legends like are that. true kind of stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right, right. Well, you know, that scene was funny. 
I was. It was apparent this was already a hard R because at that point when we see that right. character, there's already been a scene on the side of the road right. where mm-hmm. where limbs are flying. But he says, "What does he say?" I wrote it down. Uh, he, I now know that he's referring to Professor Xavier. Mm-hmm. But what he says was, uh, uh, he says something about you got that old cue ball south of the border. Yeah. <laughs> and for just a second, I was like, "This is a hard R." Yeah. And then I was like, "Wait, what is he talking about?" Like. It, it, Wolverine's hair is falling off his balls. Like, what's going on? Like, and then it occurred to me, oh, he's talking about Professor Xavier being actually south of the physical border. Right, right, right. But I was just like, wow, what kind of slang is that? You got that old cue ball south of the border. That's something that's really hot in 2020. Yeah, I know. Right. For some reason, yeah, just shaving one ball uh, was is popular. Um, but uh, no, I thought he was great for the reasons you said. Like, there's a weird kind of humor and a little weird of life to that character that when you see just how nefarious he is and what yeah. he's really up to, <clears throat> It's chilling that he's doing what he's doing. Like when you see the the, the surveillance film or the yeah. like the secret footage of whatever. Well, but yeah, I was gonna say something that's semi. Well, should we just go? Ahead? How are we gonna do this? Because we're talking about another movie. Do you want me just to cut in and give people a time code so we can talk spoilers and then they can jump ahead to Kong? Sure. Okay. Well, I was just gonna say, and, and it's kind of in the. Or, are we gonna save? Okay. It's go in. Ahead. It's well. I was just gonna say the idea that, and this is also in the world of Deadpool being very self aware. The idea that comic books exist in this world yes, oh, yes. is fucking crazy, and and of course, but like it's I of said, that world. Yes, not of the actual comic books. Right, right, right. right. It's like it's the same tabloids or folklore, you know? or and it almost sets up to make you believe that the movies we've seen up till now in the series are part of that comic. Yep. When Wolverine says about a quarter of it happened and none of it like this. It's like that's them saying this is how we're relating to the canon of the X-Men film. Which is cool. Which is to say you kind of know what's happened with these right, characters. Right. You know who they are, but you don't really know the specifics. Yeah. That's, I'm fine with that. I'm yeah. fine with them jumping ahead and just saying what movie do we want to tell now with these characters. I like the idea of it adding up not because of being a nerd and making all the dots connect, but because I like for it to be coherent. Yeah. And I do like the idea of a continuing story with characters. But I think you can do that without having everybody adhering to like a template and a blueprint yeah like yeah. i said they're doing that over at mcu and they're having success with it yeah. and you don't need to do everybody no. doesn't need to be doing it that i way. don't think so i, I think, I think dc's big problem actually has been trying to to re- recreate yeah. that success as opposed to doing something else you know because yeah. yeah. i mean the marvel model works for making these movies and they're pushing and it's like if you see a new footage with one of those characters interacting it gets you excited to see it but it's not the same thing as like not knowing what's coming next necessarily yeah. in terms of like what kind yeah. of movie that, it could be. That's how it should be though. Yeah. Like, you I know, think so too. I, I think it's important that there's a lot of variation on exactly. how they approach it. Like yeah. there's, there's, you know, I don't know. Like it, that, that, that's essential in my opinion. Like I like that we can say that, you know, or at least I can believe that Fox is like no clue what they're doing. And that DC has an idea, but they're fucking it up yeah. or that Marvel has a tried and true. Like, there's all these different things going on because it just kind of either makes you appreciate what you appreciate the most, or yeah. if you align with something else, you like something else better. But if it makes it's Fox optional. more, if it makes Fox more bold, right? And it makes uh, you know, in the long run, Fox is more bold, and it makes Marvel more safe, and it makes DC just whatever, whatever yeah, ricochet crazy. around. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think I don't think that either company is going to necessarily do that. Like I think that that, that Fox is still going to try to bring some thread of continuity from the previous X films. They still have. People like Jennifer Lawrence, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Sophie oh, Turner. Man. They still have these people that they yeah. that they want to use, you know. So they're sort of stuck with that. Um, and then on the other side, you've got 
Marvel, who at least for the next few movies they haven't planned out. But I think Marvel has subtly made little adjustments along the way mm. without it ever seeming like like they've moved movies around on the schedule or they've they've taken right. one off the schedule. They've changed the idea of what's happening. And I think that the reason why it doesn't seem like floundering from them is because they 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 don't they just it doesn't seem so reactive. DC yeah. seems extremely reactive Very with reactive. with their plans. And I still think some of those movies that are in the pipeline could be really cool. Like I, I have high hopes for uh, Aquaman being kind of interesting with that yeah. cast and that director. And but it's just, it's like it, it, what's crazy is how many of these movies we can expect to see. Yes. So I think part of what excites us about a movie like Logan is that it feels like a movie we might just we might go see anyway, yeah. even if it didn't sure. have this huge attachment sure. to all these other things. So, spoiler town. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is John. Hopefully I've got your attention because we are about to get very spoilery about Logan. If you want to avoid that, jump ahead a little bit less than 15 minutes to minute 51 and 40 seconds and you can hear what we thought of Kong Skull Island. But if you stick around, well, here come the Logan spoilers. So I hope you like that kind of talk, Mr. and Missy. Not okay! Obviously, the big thing at the end of this movie is that... uh, Everybody we know is dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, deaths that they can't reverse, that they won't reverse. I mean, like, do you really think in 10 years we don't see Hugh Jackman? Like, in 10 years' time, he hasn't come back to this role yet? I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's I either. Think he's... I, I mean, and, I'm not and, saying and, I think and he will. I, and I, and I, and I kind of hope he doesn't. I kind of hope he doesn't, This too. is like a fucking period at the yeah. end of a yeah, sentence. Yeah. Like, he made a statement with this film. I, I mean... Uh, I mean, no, I hope I'm he walks guilty away. of like, I want more, I want more, I want right, more. Right, right. But like, you know, I love, I love Hugh Jackman. I love him as Wolverine. And this was like everything I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, while there, people can have their issues with the movie here and there, like, let somebody else be Wolverine. I don't know. Do yes. something else. You know well, what okay, I mean? Well, okay, so like Wolverine, if you're a fan of the comics, this version that Hugh Jackman has played has right. always has always been wildly different. Sure. So, so different. there's other interpretations that you can go directly back to the comic yeah. and come up with a totally different approach. It's it. just as good. Yeah. What's cool is that this version of Wolverine, like as a fan, as someone who got into it for, through the comics when I was a kid, yeah. I haven't really kept up with it. haven't loved all the X-Men movies, but I've always thought he was cool in the role. Definitely. I think it's neat that it became its own thing. Totally. Me too, yeah, yeah. I think it's neat that by the time it was over, in my mind, this Wolverine <laughs> had had the perfect end to his story. Yeah. And I think if Hugh Jackman... I mean, I, they, they could waive the right amount of money. There could be some awesome script. I can see a situation where he would come back and it wouldn't be crass, but yeah. why would you want to undo the perfection I don't know. of that moment where he looks at his <clears throat> daughter, basically, mm-hmm. and says, don't be what they made you. Fuck, it's so good. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. God damn it. <laughs> And what else did he say? He says, so this is what it feels like? And a friend of mine and I had this discussion about, does he mean to feel this, or does he mean to die? I think both. It could be both, right? It could be both. Because I think he also could be, yeah, because my first thought was, he means, oh, so this is what Charles meant by family and love and feeling this way. But then I was like, oh, but he's also never felt like his life drifting away. He's never felt that... He's fought that moment so many times, but he's right. never just let go yeah. and just died. You know, I yeah. think that's so powerful. And and you know, watching it, I'm sure we all were going like, "Is there some back door to this? Is there some little? Right. Tra- are they going to do something that sullies this moment?" And then no. And then the final moment with her putting the cross on its side to be an X. I mean, yeah. I nearly. I mean, I don't. I don't salute things or anything <laughs> like that. But I did feel just like that was so. That was just like a, yeah. a mic drop in terms of a movie ending. You know. Yeah. I thought that they weren't going to commit. All the way to how he was getting hurt. Like, I didn't think that they were going to make him that. 
Yeah, the, vulnerable the whole movie. Yeah, he was hopeless. He was like limping. He was his crotchety and crotchety at, at where the where the the claw had to pull it out. Yeah, it's like swollen. His it was claw like got little jammed. details so that were fucking really cool. Henry thought that was really cool. I came home so and told cool. him that he had to he had to pull his claw. Yeah. And Henry was like, "Oh, that's so cool." Yeah. Don't think, doesn't somebody acknowledge that in the movie? Like, like, is your claw back? Yeah, yeah. And somebody actually says that so. in the movie right. at some point. And it's in in the comics. It's like heavy too. Like he can he, he can barely walk around. And yeah. I thought I thought that without yeah, could they spend it... a whole movie with him? Right, right, right. Like barely getting around, but they did. Just his pain. Yeah, and man. When he like ramps it up though, even yes. before he takes that serum, like in the scenes, even when he's just fighting, yeah. like when he fights X twenty four at that farm. So good. I was like. <laughs> I was like, remember when we saw the Avengers and I sat for when Hulk mm-hmm. was fighting? Yeah. I was like that in the theater. I was fucking pumped. Yeah. When you he know, went after Well, that him. part was so... Okay, since we're in spoiler time. Oh, yeah. spoiler that part time. was from the moment where the guy kills Xavier. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, and you're like, oh, honestly, honestly yeah. thinking, is this some kind of dream, dream. Yeah. or alternate dimension or, or hallucination yeah. or what's going on? And then you see the family and you're just like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. They're doing it. I knew that I knew these people were doomed, but I didn't know it was going to happen like this. And then it becomes clear that it's really happening. And then you're putting together what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then it's hit home by the when 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 Logan comes in and he gets Charles and he takes him outside and he's saying to him, "It wasn't me. It wasn't." It, as far as he yeah. knows, he's going to bleed out any second. And he just doesn't want him to die, thinking that he it wasn't me. That he no. killed it wasn't him. me. Ugh. That's rough. It's tough. But it's like the fact that they did that. It's cool, man. It's, like it, that, that's where they went yeah. in this movie. That was a sequel to comic books that are supposed to be for kids it's supposed to be dippy and people think these things are shallow and here, and so deep so Whatever. deep and so upsetting yeah. upsetting I guess that's what I'm yeah, that's really what I'm cool. driving at here yeah. is that it was deeply emotionally upsetting and then to realize oh they did it they went there Yeah. and now this now one less you know the movie became slightly less fun to watch at that point you know yeah. you lost uh, Caliban and Xavier in that same kind of scene it's really uh, no one and a whole family. And, and my first thought, too, with, with Caliban's death mm-hmm. was like, oh, I wish he had uh, like not announced that he had dropped the <clears throat> grenades and yeah. that, that that one of them had stayed in the – like he'd killed one of the main guys yeah. or something. But then I realized like, no, 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 he was not really trying to kill them. And this is so fucking dark. He was just really trying to kill himself because he didn't want them to be able to use him anymore. Yeah. So he was ending his own life. On purpose. That's, cool. that's just so dark, you know? Like, yeah, again, that's the is. kind of thing you can only do in a movie where you've all said, let's go there and let's not back off. Yeah. Two two things I was going to... Nobody... I feel like they hire a bunch of very attractive people to be superheroes. They're very rarely superheroes that they pick that I feel like could beat the shit out of somebody in real life. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman could beat the shit out of somebody in oh real life. God. And it's nice to see that they pick somebody like him. And nobody fucking grunts like this dude, man. Have you seen where they... About, oh, you yeah. sent us that thing. Yeah. Hearing hearing him... And I, I thought about that before I saw that No, clip. I did too. When he was fighting <laughs> in that scene, hearing him grunt was fucking scary. It was scary mm-hmm. a little bit. Hearing... You know, I, I just love watching him running like in yeah. place and like trying to hold his headset on. Yeah, and like in that in, in that ADR booth, like, so good, man. Uh, yeah, that guy just gives it his all. Him kind of like really does. He, and that's he, what he we're, really that's, fucking that's does. A huge part of what we're responding to yeah. here is yeah. just how he is yeah. all in on that. How character invested he and, is, and, and yeah. cares about it, and shepherd that character through seventeen years. Do they recast? If so, who? Mm. How? Who do you get to play that character? now? What if? 
what if in the next couple of years, I, I, something's weird, something weird is going on, I believe. You remember that interview when Patrick Stewart got kind of weird when they were talking? I think something's happening in terms of usage of characters, I think, in the next couple of years. I think you're right. There, there's something happening that Patrick Stewart and him know that's feeling kind of weird. See, it could, I don't see, I don't well, see. I them, don't know if they're going to use him. Right. But I think some version of someone from the X-Men world is going to wind up in the Marvel Universe to borrow. I don't see how the MCU, with their power now, to just basically get any actor and set up anything. The only thing is, we're basing a lot of this on what happened with Sony yeah. and Spider-Man. Yeah. And I think that Fox is not in the position to play ball that Sony and Spider-Man were. Like, I think you Sony were. was much more like, yeah, yeah, MCU, we'll do it. We'll, <laughs> you got it figured out. Yeah. Whereas I think Fox is going like, like ah, we've, 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 got the, we've got the cards yeah. here. We've got Wolverine and we've got Deadpool. And even though we don't have Hugh Jackman anymore, we still have Wolverine. Yeah. So I don't know. But I still feel like everybody makes money if they handshake and they come up with some deal and some future movie is Something's able to... To, is able to bridge that gap, like dim, alternate dimension yeah. or some kind of crossover. But I don't see why either studio needs it right now. Is I yeah. guess my ultimate point. I need to watch it again. But I saw a video. I don't know if you guys picked up on this. Did, did the cemetery that he was at? Mm. Did mm-hmm. you did you see this about that the no. one of the that, that one of the graves in the background? No, it's, it could be completely somebody looking for something that's not there. Right, right. But one of the graves said Rogers. Oh. No, but and somebody asked him that, like really? at, at another Q and A, and like he just kind of smiled and like. Like, basically, yeah. just kept going. I don't know? see how that's not on purpose, even if it's just a wink and a yeah. nod. Yeah, I, I, like, but it, but I've, still, I've, no. I mean, it's still being later. Yeah, in, in any timeline, you know, in whatever you guys know about yeah. the MCU or mm. even the Marvel comics. There's so not a story that any of these guys are adhering to that there's really right. no way to know. Right. Yeah. But the, you know certain threads and certain things that they could do with the characters. Right. And and one of the things that I think is interesting that that they have with Wolverine is they do have if you wanted to do Wolverine and pick up with uh, Laura, I think a lot of people would be fine with that at this point. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people that loved Logan would enjoy seeing a movie that is about the girl growing up and taking on the mantle of this character. But mm-hmm. Marvel has that too built into all their characters. Not so yeah. much in the movies yet, but in the comics, you know, different people have been Iron Man. Captain America, Bucky has been Captain America. Um, Falcon has been Captain America. Yeah. Uh, Thor has been a woman for several years in the comics now, and That's Thor really cool. is like called Odin's son now. So I feel like they have that. They have those places to go in the MCU. I don't see them. I don't see. Frankly, I don't see Robert Downey Jr. seeing what Hugh Jackman was able to do and not going. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of like to do that. Yeah. Right. And I don't see Chris Evans wanting to play totally, the same totally character true. and be signed on to do it forever. People are talking about Hugh Jackman, you know, being the best actor. I would love that. I don't think it'll happen, but it should. Let it happen. But it should. It, it should. should. It should. It should. He was how can incredible. You, how can you deny that? Like, yeah, yeah. This is a 17 year commitment to a character with no question the best performance at the end of the entire effort. Yeah. Like, yeah. This movie has been universally loved. Critics love it. Audiences love it. It opens huge. It's it's got repeat viewing written all over it. Word of mouth's great. I want to see it again. Yeah. There's no reason that Hugh Jackman, even if it doesn't happen, he should be in that conversation for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. He should. Yeah. Like, and and Hollywood loves him. People love him. He's uh, he's like apparently the nicest guy ever created on earth. Yeah. Seems if like you it. ever listen to him on podcasts or listen to people talk about him. Like he's the like the nicest person ever. Yeah. You know, so all these things like 
this guy has earned some sort of respect for it's this like, character. What if we found out years ago that Mel Gibson was like super charming and intellectual? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. he's got that sort of he's like the musical theater version of one of those like right. one of those kind of brutish right. actors. Right. Like he's yeah. got the physicality, but he's always been like a, a song and dance man. You know. I love him. Love him. No, love I him. I didn't realize how much I loved him until we were talking about this movie, and I was just like, really, anytime we've talked about Wolverine, we've talked about how people love him in this role. Right. Absolutely. But like he's such a class act and yeah what he brought to the character it's just something I mean again there are probably actors that have played characters in more movies or maybe maybe someone somewhere has made more of an impact do, but... do you think any any person that's played a superhero or a comic character like what do you think anybody is like there with him as his character I'd say movies but not not Mo- movies, not mo- pre- individuals like, Individual like, like actors, an, just a, like any comic character in film, what you know, an actor playing that character, like you know, people say Robert Downey Jr. I, yeah. I think, know, see, like, I think there's something I think, there. I think Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are both in that conversation. Okay. However, I don't think that the performances are as demanding. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. That's I think true. that what Hugh Jackman does is so physical. Absolutely. I think that as far as embodying a character, I think that I think Chris Evans and and Robert Downey Jr. are up there. Do okay. yeah. I think so. I mean, it's like just because they they might not have, uh, yeah. I mean, I think if we want to compare him, it's actually a really good comparison to Robert Downey Jr. because of just how much like he was perfect for that role. Exactly. Yeah. It hasn't always made every movie that he's been in with that character the perfect thing, but you can always count on if you look over at Robert Downey Jr., he's being Tony Stark. Yeah. Really, we're really well. I feel like towards the end of the Iron Man run that he kind of became like a parody of himself. But though. I think that has a lot to do with Robert Downey Jr. in general. <laughs> Honestly, I think I had Robert Downey Jr. fatigue of just him yeah. doing the kind of the same yeah. thing. It's like after Tony it's... Stark, he played a lot of Tony. Stark yeah. in my mind and right, I feel right. like it just kind of but no I think that that but that's also yeah it however different from Hugh Jackman in that Hugh Jackman is not that guy Whereas oh no Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Right. is kind of that guy right. <laughs> Hugh Jackman is not like you yeah. know I mean he's like I said he's sort of uh, we've all kind of pointed out he's a very you know affable seeming guy so yeah. in that sense that definitely informed the Iron Man character yeah who whoever he his reputation, yeah. Even if it's even if it's not all true, but the idea that was put out in the world about him, yeah, definitely. So I'm trying to think if there's anybody else in any of the movies that that rises quite to that level. I, I mean, mean, it's going to be cheesy to say it, but I do think Heath Ledger that's, that's, as the that's Joker. That's the only yeah. one that comes to my mind. I mean, I can I can appreciate Downey Jr. and Chris Evans being in the conversation, but I, I think Heath Ledger is really the only other one that really like rises in my mind immediately. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really, I back. I love Michael Keaton as Batman, like, but I don't think there's enough there to let me include him in the conversation. Right. But just as a character, Heath yeah. Ledger is the only one that I could probably. I mean, ultimately, I just my point is I don't think anybody comes close to what he's no. given to this character, or you know, to an entire generation. Like, what will identify <laughs> as? Like, yeah. You talk about how he doesn't match the comics. I'm not the comic guy. But I'm saying as as a person who read the comics, it doesn't matter anymore. No, no, no. no. I, yeah. I get that point. I'm just saying, like, as a, to a generation that maybe did not grow up on comics, yeah. those comics, like like me yeah. and people younger than me, like, he's Wolverine. Right, like, yeah. that's just it. Like, right, he's right. Wolverine. Like, you don't... You know, there, they might there's no the part of you that goes... like, that's not like Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's like an yeah. inverse to that no, comparison. That's, and that's what I meant when I said that it's become so its own thing that yeah, you could look totally. at the comics and go, that's not the real Wolverine totally. any more than the movies. <laughs> that is real. how I would be if right, I read right. the comics. It's like you genuinely. could make an argument that Wolverine is not supposed to be five foot one and ugly, <laughs> yeah. which in the comics is like, he is. He is. <laughs> right, right, right. 
So it's yeah, cool. that's. I think we liked Logan. Get, we'll get on to the next film, but I'll say this is a definitely a go ahead. Please. If you're gonna yeah. see one movie this weekend, I'll actually say go see go see Logan. Yeah. If you're gonna see another movie this weekend, mm-hmm. or you already saw Logan, maybe you'll see our next film. See which Get is, Out. Oh, and yeah. then. <laughs> well, no. Miles says see Get Out. I'm assuming and then that if you if haven't seen is, that one. Yeah. You've had a you've had some time to see Get Out. Back up. Let's do our due diligence here. If people are listening to this show, they've known for a couple of weeks they needed to see Get Out. Right. This right. is true. Yes. Poor right. John. And now we've said last weekend you should have seen Logan, so that this weekend you could free up some time for a, a pretty fun roller coaster right, ride right, right, known right. as Kong Skull Island. Skull Island. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny to be talking about these two movies together because they really are. I mean, really, plus Get Out. I think even. This does not feel like the dregs part of the year the first anymore. Quarter, this doesn't yeah. feel yeah. like February and Strong. March releases. This feels like G- even go back to like even go back to Split. Yeah, put yeah. Split in the conversation. You've got yeah. like a month and a half of like good movies. So do yeah. people just so. know that now there's a birth for these types of movies in this part of the year, or is is it still sort of an experiment? Because to me, Kong feels like, I mean, it feels like a summer movie oh, totally. that would probably do pretty well. In the summer, or is it? Is this being here? Is this like an attempt to stake out new territory, or is this an attempt to stay away from some of these other giant tent poles that are coming? Because the other day, Both. I did I did the Both. list of tent poles. I started with Logan in my head, and I was like, okay, so Logan, if you're if you're a fan of this type of filmmaking, right. Right, obviously right. we talk about smaller films too. Maybe on a future episode we will <laughs> talk about smaller films again. I wanted to talk to you guys about the founder, which we never did. Yeah. Um, but uh, but like so. You know, it used to be like maybe once a year, once every two years, you get mm. one of these big movies. If you're a fan of this type of thing, this year you've got Logan, you've got Kong, mm-hmm. you've got whenever Wonder Woman comes out. Is yep. that July? July? Oh, is that July? Is it like July? I don't even know. Well, you've got you've got that. Guardians. You've got Guardians. You've got Spider Man uh, in July. You've oh got Wonder God. Woman whenever. You've got Justice League whenever. Yeah. You've got uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok in November, and you've got Star Wars in December. You won't have time uh, to be like... Oh, you forgot Fate and the Furious or Furious and okay. the Fate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want to call John it. And John still hasn't... Fate, what, is it, what is it called? John still Fate, hasn't seen a ton Fate of them, right? Fur- what is, I haven't seen any of them What is the name of the movie? Fate and the Furious, I think. Fate, I Fate of the Furious. Fate of. Of course. Okay. Fate of the Furious. And then also, like, being a TV, <laughs> being a TV nerd, like, I also have uh, Better Call Saul... Fargo and Twin Peaks all coming back in the May and all April. All tentpole kinda. releases. It's ridiculous. This year isn't... Remember when we yeah. thought 2015 yeah. was going to be the year? I think this is the year where it's like it's going to test how excited I can be yeah. about things when there's another thing coming along that Not I'm to mention the, the surprises that Netflix has up its sleeve. And also sleeve. not to mention the 20 movies that are probably actually going to be the best movies of the year that yes. we don't even know about yet. On top of all that. Yeah. And everything you just said is why this movie coming out on March 10th is, makes more sense. Yeah, is 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 reality so now? Yeah, yeah. Because they are testing still. I think mm-hmm. they're still trying to like probe a little bit. But when you put a movie like this, which is a big movie, and no one will argue that it's a huge historic character, right. big budget film, big studio film. But you put that in the summer. You're, you're it's it's so saturated now. Yeah. The, the landscape of movie releases. There's so many movies in the theaters now, and there's only 12 months in a year. So. There's really no month off limits. The moment that a movie comes out in January or August, mm-hmm. you know, which usually are like the two that are still kind of like the eh months. Yeah. But even like a movie like Guardian coming out in August a couple years back, yeah. it kind of boots that idea. Yeah. And you know, I, did Split come out in January? Yeah. yeah. So Split coming out in January, you, you, there's really no time now 
that is going to be like the go-to month of shit. Which I love. Because there's yeah. so many movies being made and being put in production. There's so many small studios being able to get their movies in theaters like Blumhouse mm-hmm. and, you know, A24. You know, these great yeah. small studios that have amazing distribution. Yeah. We are we are benefiting from that, I think, because mm-hmm. you do not have to wait for the summer now to see the <clears throat> to see the big tentpole movies. You don't have to wait till the fall now to see all the Oscar caliber films because some films will come out earlier in the year yeah. that maintain that status and and are still remembered yeah. when the Oscar season actually comes about. So it's a cool thing to see a movie like Logan mm-hmm. and Kong, which. Ten years ago, they'd be coming out in July. They'd be like, they'd be the Fourth of July weekend movie. They would be the huge like we've got everything exactly. riding on this movie type movie. But they're like down the ladder. Yeah. yeah, you know, you look at the movies that John just mentioned, and they're not in probably the top seven or eight yeah. of yeah. of what you think are going to be like the monsters of the year. Mm-hmm. I just and think it's, it's insane to it, think about it like that. It's nice to think that there's like anti programming on top of you know what I mean, yeah, like it's, it's, counter programming, yeah, counter programming yeah. and stuff like that, and. Nobody's smarter than just randomness, man. Like, you fucking never know. Like, something can hit and be huge. Yeah. Huge. It can catch like wildfire. And I don't think there's any formula besides make it good, put it out. See how it does. If it does well, really that's well. Well, just like uh, two years ago or a year ago, Kingsman coming out and oh, competing God. with Fifty Shades of Grey on Valentine's Day weekend. Yeah. Counter-programming. Counter-programming. A movie that a lot of people didn't know about. And it's a franchise now. Yeah. Huge hit. This is such sequel a sequel coming movie. out yeah, next yeah. year. Like it's crazy, and I feel like that's the reality that we are living in right now. And it, it's it's good. I think it's good for everybody because the options are there, and you don't have to wait until a certain time of year to see a certain kind of movie anymore. Right. Because right. they're everywhere. And let's not even begin to discuss like you mentioned or I forget which one of you just said it. Netflix. Yeah. Or Netflix the streaming too. platforms because they'll just decide. You know what? Friday we're putting a fucking movie out. Yeah. And they'll drop that movie. So no it, it, it's 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 it's, it's yeah, yeah. It, the landscape has forever changed, and I think that you know you'll see movies like this get earlier and earlier in the year, get later and later in the year. It all depends who they're going up against and when they think they'll be able to reach the largest audience possible. Mm. So that said, Kong, you said roller coaster, perfect, perfect description. Mm-hmm. What a fucking fun movie! Yeah. Uh, and the great thing about it, I think, if you've watched any trailer, they know the kind of movie they made. Yes. And they've completely em- embraced it. Absolutely. It's not being marketed in a different way. You can tell. There are a couple parts that I kind of felt a little, some some, some, some issue with. But, like, overall, you don't feel like this movie got cut up a ton. Right. Got changed because they felt like they wanted to go in a different direction after the fact or already halfway through production. You just feel from beginning to end there's a tone. There's a feel, there's a look, which is you know a really fun way of showing this film, and and, and like kind of the part or the, the the time in in the world that it's placed in, it just seems committed to that we're not making Peter Jackson's Kong, mm-hmm. we're not making you know Godzilla per se that right. came out a couple years ago. They're making it their own film that is a, a monster movie, yeah. but also an action adventure film. That is almost two hours long. That feels like an hour and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How often do you feel that you say, like, so we look at watches a lot from some movies that are an hour and a half that mm-hmm. feel like they take for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. Did you guys feel at all like this movie was dragging? No, I felt like it was. No. It was one of those where when it got to the what I realized was the climax. Right. I was like, oh, right. This is the it's end. happening. Yeah. yeah, but I wasn't going. Oh, now they got to get to the place and they got to escape. You know, so often with these types of movies, there's this. 
clanking machinery, and you 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 see the end coming. Right. Right. I mean, it was simple. It was stripped down. I think that if there's a weak spot, I do think some of the dialogue is like yeah. oh, a yeah. little on the nose and kind of cheesy. Yeah. And really, it's just that a lot of the jokes are like placeholder style jokes, where t- where time is spent like showing two characters interact. Uh, like Shea Wiggum and I don't know the actor who played his friend from uh, Straight Outta Compton. Um, uh, Straight Outta Compton. What's his two, name? Two people from Straight Outta Compton in the oh, movie, shit. by the way. The guy that played uh, Easy E. Yeah, Easy. What's his name? It's Jason Mitchell. Yeah, Jason Mitchell. Like his character was written like he had better lines than he had, and he was acting like he had, like he was acting his pants off trying to make the material work, but it just wasn't quite there. But they would have moments with those two characters where they would interact, and I would ju- I was just thinking. Oh, if this was a slightly more tightly scripted movie, that interaction would have been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that moment would have been a big laugh, but it just wasn't happening mm-hmm. until John C. Riley comes along. Oh, my gosh. And then it's like, oh, that's where all the laughs have been. Right. <laughs> we just finished. It was all bottlenecked in Riley. We just finished uh, an hour of polishing uh, uh, Hugh Jackman's cue ball south of the border. <laughs> cue ball south of the border. Let's talk for a second about John C. Riley and how he's just the best. Yeah. Like I think you just said it. That's all. He shows up and you love him and he's funny and he's got pathos <clears throat> and you care about him. And this movie, a movie that has proven to be very, like you were saying, very fun and fast with how it treats the characters. Kind of almost a mean-spirited movie. Yeah. yeah. Similar to the way in Jurassic Park, they show you characters who are like, that guy's toast because he's a little bit of a coward. Yeah. That yeah. guy's toast because he's a little bit of a jerk. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? There's a little bit of a moral equivalency going sure, sure, on, but sure, people sure. aren't that bad. You still sort of feel sorry for everybody who dies, yeah. but you also know, like, if that guy hadn't been such a tool, maybe he wouldn't have died. <laughs> or if that guy hadn't he been, said thank you. If that guy hadn't said no, it's, you know, I don't know. There's definitely a couple of mean deaths in this movie, yeah. but yeah. there's the, the, the fact that then you find yourself caring about a character. Totally. And the movie seems to know that you care about John C. Reilly's character. That's what I really liked, and what the the self awareness of this movie yeah. throughout. It knew it needed to deliver certain things yeah. when it needed to, and every time you're thinking like, "Oh, that was kind of cheesy," a giant uh, King Kong foot comes down and squashes somebody, and you're just like, "Oh, that's right, that's the world we're in." Yeah. It's yeah. not just secondary <laughs> characters that go that way. There's a there's a couple of surprising like sudden yeah. deaths of of actors that I thought were going to be in it more. Um, so yeah, in that sense, pretty skillfully done. I do think, and I heard some people saying this afterwards too. Th- there were just a lot of characters to keep track of. A ton. It feels like maybe they should have started off with twenty and winnowed it down to eight. Yeah. Instead of starting off with an ambiguous number and then winnowing it down to what you thought was eight, but it was actually twenty, 20? and yeah. then winnowing it down to what you thought was eight, but it was actually fifteen, and then winnowing it down to what you thought was two, but it was actually ten. Right. Yeah. And eventually, you realize, oh, these are the only characters left. Surely, yeah. you know. Surely when a death happens now, they're not just going to still be there. But I swear two or three characters died three times <laughs> in my mind because of what I saw them go through. Yeah. Right, right, right. I but liked no, it. Yeah, I liked, I liked like that every, so many every, people. Every, every helicopter crashed. Yes. Yeah. It's like, how, the, like, how oh, they're dead. People? Oh, nope, they're alive. No. Yeah, yeah. They're alive. The group's still huge. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, everybody's, it's fair game at yeah. that point. You know? that, I like that. That's, I, like I, I like that, too. Like when yeah. a movie get, like kind of disarms you a little bit about that, like you have that idea of like, Oh, like I know that guy's name, yeah. or I know that actor's name. You know, like mm-hmm. so he's got to be safe, right? Yeah. Right. And uh, when that doesn't work out for some of those actors that we know their names, it's like okay, well, I guess like everything is possible right, right. now. And it happens so quickly. Like I, I just mentioned the pacing because I feel like that's one of the biggest assets the movie has is mm-hmm. the pacing. Um, I love that. Like as as soon as you arrive at this island, there's zero time wasted introducing you to. 
the problem with mm-hmm. the island, which is like cool. Like I love how there's not like a landing and all this expo- exposition, like exploring and, and right. explaining everything that you really need to know happens in that military briefing, mm-hmm. and then it's like get to the island. Shit's gone wrong immediately. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Me too. Like it immediately makes me invest in wanting to see what happens with Kong, mm-hmm. see how they survive this island. You know, it's like I don't need any other story. Yeah. Everything is either said by John Goodman when he's selling it to the senator. Yeah. Or is said in that military briefing. Literally, all you need to know. Yeah. I wish more movies did that, especially movies like this that know what it should be. I feel like we saw the right amount of Kong in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Totally. It came in at the right point. Absolutely. We didn't get as much character of Kong as we have done in the past. Oh, yeah. And I think it's an interesting take on the character. But I do like the way that those expectations... Yeah, they're flying on the helicopters, and you're like, oh, there he is. And then you're like, oh, shit. And then it's just like, I mean, I don't know that another scene quite matches the utter chaos and insanity of that scene in the movie. There's there's lots of cool stuff, but that moment is just like nightmarish. Yeah. And it's like it's like horror movie meets action movie. You know, it's yeah. so scary. The whole thing felt like that, which was good. Mm-hmm. I, it felt like Predator to me. Yeah. Yeah. They like were, that in that sense. I like the idea that something can be kind of scary in daylight. And I I don't see very don't many see it movies often, no. that feel like, oh fuck, what what's happening and like what would you do? Yeah. And and also like there's something about like large versions of things and the horror of that, like a mm-hmm. Ants and things like that, large versions of things just being very scary. I loved that. And that wasn't even explored quite as deeply as I thought that they were going to They're just do it. like passing things. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. by the way, there are huge spiders that crawl over the entire <laughs> forest. And there are apparently uh, uh, ants in the trees that sound, sound like, like birds. <laughs> like fucking like I love fucking that. birds. So they sound like birds, but they're fucking ants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh god and he didn't so say good. anything after that no it was so good so funny that almost man. feels like I could believe that was an improv knowing yeah, John C. Sure. Riley's background yeah. with like the sort of stuff he can god, do god he's so funny man but what that, you... that whole scene with two where he's laughing and saying we're all gonna die or whatever good to meet you guys yeah. it's like we're yeah. gonna die together yeah. Yeah. I think some of my biggest concerns I, I would say doesn't change my feeling that I, I really like this film it's mm. a blast go see it what do you think about like the lead actors and actresses like I'm talking Sam Jackson, Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson. What do you t- what what did you, what did you think of those three? Cuz I I, I kind of feel like I didn't I didn't really yeah. I didn't think the I think I thought Sam Jackson was great. I th- I yeah. thought Sam Jackson was was Sam was, Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he I, I thought see, I, I, I thought he was like a, I thought he was a cool part of the movie and mm-hmm. he needed to be there. Like I think you could take uh Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston out of the movie, and it wouldn't change it that much. Yeah. Right. If you took Sam Jackson out, it would lose that yeah. character who's trying to, like, who represents the, the idea that military might, yeah. and that this guy's personal mania to take out Kong was kind of funny to me, kind of interested. The fact that he hated Kong so much made him almost interesting. Yeah. Whereas with Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston, it just felt like two good actors who get, were given literally nothing to do. Yeah. And, then, and didn't, there's, like, there's... Didn't, didn't, didn't do much with the nothing they were given to do. Yeah. And so there's just a lot of shots of them in the climax is kind of going, huh, oh, right. uh, and kind of running around. And then like, like some, some like fake kind of danger for them and yeah. stuff. I don't buy Tom Hiddleston as a tough, aware Yeah, that nature. character was underdeveloped. I don't buy that. I don't buy that from him, and I wish they would have played that a little differently. And it didn't do much tracking either for being no. a tracker. fuck no. Yeah. He did not at all. He did fact. more like leading. Yeah. yeah. He was more like a leader. He he did what I would have done. Oh, there's a sound over there. Yeah. Let's follow that sound. Yeah. He didn't do any tracking beyond sounds. Right, right. 
He saw an explosion. I kind of felt like I kind of felt like Sam Jackson kind of started to get on my nerves. Yeah, it was annoying. And I know as fuck. that that the characters kind of meant yeah, to do yeah. that, but like I don't know if I'm like getting burned out on Sam Jackson or or what it is. But See, I felt I, that I just before, like, but I felt like he came. I felt like he showed up in this movie. I, okay, I felt that okay, before, okay. but I felt like this movie, <laughs> the way that, the way that I've felt not quite you know almost like kingsman or something where i was just like oh sam jackson showed up and actually like, and like actually, him in that. i yeah. know but i'm saying to me it seems like it's of a piece with that where he showed up and he's doing something genre and pulpy and he knows it and he showed up actually willing to do it it didn't seem like another phoned in performance from okay. him but okay. which yeah. i've seen yeah. but 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 I, but as far as the leads i i definitely think that that's a fair thing to say is yeah. that like uh, you know in this crowded cast you had these two kind of do nothing characters who really didn't i mean her being a photographer it really was not an interesting part of the movie no. at all at all given like that the opening of the film seemed like they were setting her up to be something different and even tom hiddleston i thought maybe he was going to be like the roguish hero that we like to see but when you think about what do you know about those characters at the end of the film yeah. nothing literally. nothing at all like you don't yeah. know anything about their at all zero chemistry between tom hiddleston and oh my Larson. god to the point where what they almost the looked like they were that? Green it felt like into their shots kind of kind of i just i just that, that was my only thing that i could think about after the fact like was was just those two especially, and 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 a little bit of the Sam Jackson stuff. I yeah. like the character. Right, right. It was more of the Sam. I don't know, maybe his performance, but the Hiddleston Larson combo no. just felt like a miscast yeah. or, well, miscast, but also just like the characters like were completely disposable. Yeah, like every moment with John C. Riley's character, I was worried about him. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I could care less about. <laughs> Like I could care less about. I cared more about the soldiers. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, uh, they were great. What's his name? Shea Wingham. Shea Wingham. Yeah. Like him and uh, the younger kid. Like I cared more about those that that troop. Yeah. Than I did about the two leads of the film, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. That's, that's not a good thing, no, especially it's when it's actors that you know you've liked in other things yeah. and that can Solid. do a good job. Very good. Yeah, actors. one that just won an Oscar last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. weird, but um. I mean, it's not like the worst thing ever, but no, that, that, that's my thing that I thought about the most. I just wanted to ask you guys. Like, it's oh, weird to me that you me. cast Brie Larson and give her not much to do. and that I mean, I guess you can only be so much in control of this, but she seems like the sort of actor that wouldn't want to be part of this type of movie right. unless right. it offered her something to do. Right. Yeah. But she really didn't have... There was no, like... There was nothing, no, no, like modern spin on that type of character. I mean, she wasn't quite like a damsel in distress, but there were several moments where she just, like, there's a moment where she falls into the water and has to kind of be saved. There was no like heroism or yeah. badass. I'm almost surprised that that you that you would get a character, you get an actor like her with a character like that, right. you know, or not write a character better than that for an actor like, like, like her. That. Yeah. But I, what struck me was you got uh, Shea Wiggum who is. Whether you guys know it or not, but he was a prominent character on the Peggy Carter Marvel TV show. Oh, okay. And then you've got Loki, uh, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. You've got Nick Fury. Oh, wow. Samuel L. Jackson. You've got Brie Larson, Larson, who's set to play Captain Marvel. Marvel. And I feel like there's someone else, too. Oh, John C. Riley, who was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, wow. So it's an extremely Marvel-y wow. cast. And I was wondering, <laughs> is it just that anytime you get a cast of a bunch of actors together now, it's going to look like that because Marvel has eaten up all the yeah. actors? Probably, that, that's a They've casted everybody. Reality, man. So if you, do a, if you do a high-profile cast, like an ensemble cast, you're, there's going to be at least Some percentage three or four Marvel yeah, people. Marvel people. Yeah. If Marvel cast Brad Pitt and Denzel Washington, <laughs> they pretty much have everybody. Or Tom Hanks. Yeah, I have a feeling he's going to fall into it at some point. I, I, I know he's going to do it. I have a feeling. We were saying about Tom Hanks playing a villain. He looks like he's kind of doing a villain in that The Circle. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. With Emma Watson. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that. The, the trailer, trailer for it. Yeah. Is it is it magical or is it just no. It's, no, it's, it's just like him tech. Be- tech. It looks oh, like cool. it might be like privacy, security, like Black Mirror slash her esque in terms of technology. Like there's a little bit of a leap mm-hmm. forward in terms of what it's depicting and what's going on, but it's gotcha. it's unclear. It looks but... like maybe like the net. Oh boy. <laughs> well, it does. Oh boy. <laughs> It's like it's weird. It's like oh, half the. It's one of those trailers. You ever yeah. see one of these trailers, where half the trailer makes you go, oh, and half the trailer makes you go, oh, and you're sitting there watching it, and you really can't decide. Like you're yeah. like, is this just a bad trailer, or is, am I not getting something about the style? But half of that movie looks really like cheesy thriller, yeah, and the other half looked like interesting kind yeah. of. It does bargain with it the really devil does. type stuff, and I have to say the most interesting part of it looks the Tom Hanks part looks interesting. Yeah. Where he's playing like a guy who is coming on real charmingly, almost like a Steve Jobs type character. Yeah. Okay, like a boss who. Well, that's cool. I got to see this trailer. I, yeah. I mean, I like that. I thought we watched it before. The Circle. Yeah, I'm maybe we, sure maybe seen it. maybe what happened was that it the first version of the trailer came out a while ago, and that just you were just like nah, didn't see the second version. But so here's another interesting thing to me about Kong Skull Island, which is that directed <laughs> by Jordan Vogt or Vo- I, I was going to mention this. Yeah, how's who that pronounced? This? Who's Vogt, this person? I think it's Vote Roberts. Vote Roberts. R- Jordan Vote Roberts, whose previous film was The Kings, Kings of, of Summer, Summer, which is such a small movie, and it makes you is think. Is that the skate? No, it's the three boys. Like the posters, like them on the in the woods on the lawn. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, that so, was a really good movie. So from that to this, though. And oh. it's got some TV in between, though. But oh. but in, as far as that that trajectory, it's interesting that he had such a vision. I mean, because yeah. this movie yeah. really did feel different. Oh, like it yeah. really it felt does. like it had its own vibe and feel. And you brought up something, Ronald, and I was trying to put my finger on it. Is just how much like the close, like when you've got this wide, expansive. You're in the jungle. You're mm-hmm. out in these this you know this tropical surroundings, and you if you stay close on somebody. It, it creates it creates such anxiety on your part yeah. because you're wanting to be like yeah. There's so many places yeah, where something could be, and you stay close on somebody. So I don't know. I felt like there was, and then there was also just a real kinetic sense of movement. The way when the camera would sort of look up and go over things, it didn't feel like it was doing it in a in a sort of boilerplate way. Like yeah. it didn't feel, even though this is an utter CGI fest, it didn't feel like simply a CGI fest it had its own kind of energy to it and it felt like it was kind of visually creative yeah so yes it's me again jump ahead about eight minutes if you want to avoid spoilers for Kong Skull Island otherwise we'll see you next time and I also wanted to say I can't believe we didn't mention Christopher Reeve earlier when we were talking about actors who embody superhero roles bye We're now in spoiler town. That's cool. So this movie is trying to create a universe around the Godzilla, King Kong family of kind of characters. The eventual plan is to have a King Kong versus Godzilla movie. They needed to introduce King Kong in this. There's supposed to be another Godzilla film, but at some point they will fight. I have to say I'm signed on for, yeah. for that. If if it has the energy of this movie, yeah. not so much if it has the energy of the Godzilla movie. How do you feel about that? I was actually going to ask you that. How do you guys feel about the idea that this introduction to Kong is much better than so much more fun I think that Godzilla was a gorgeous movie yeah do not get like I think one of the best looking movies that had CGI in it and combined it with the real world and, and totally so, made you believe that guy could make a Star Wars yeah. movie too like the scope and right, the way right. everything and looked. some of the consequences of something being that big in a town I've never seen done before mm-hmm. but the movie was boring as fuck 
It was boring as shit. Well, it didn't and do it, what we said earlier about this. It didn't give us a lot of Godzilla early right. and often. It kept him off. Of, it took you know. forever. But this movie hops into it, gets it done really quickly. If if Godzilla is in this world, I want to see that. If King Kong is in that world, I do not want to see that movie ever. So how do you guys feel about... So, so I think... I don't know. We were talking about this after the movie or with someone else. So this takes place during Vietnam... Yes, and right God- at the end, yeah. Godzilla takes place in modern guess, 2015 times. or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. it was. There's one line of dialogue that John C. <laughs> Raleigh delivers in this about Kong still growing, mm-hmm. yeah, and being like the oldest creatures. Right, right. That immediately, I buy that if they were to meet, it would be meeting in that timeline. Yeah, the 2015 timeline. Oh yeah, right? yeah. Which I think is no, that makes sense. Really fucking smart. That it's such really one. It's like a throwaway piece of dialogue, yeah, yeah. but he's talking about how old they are, really how they've cool. all died out, and yeah. he's the only one left, and that he's still like a juvenile or he's young. He's That's got really many cool. years to grow. So you just think of like, oh, okay, well, like forty years ago, forty years down the line, how big will Kong be then? Yeah, he'll be bigger than we saw him in this film. Right, that'd be pretty fucking cool. A little too yeah. big to climb up the Empire State Building without just <laughs> at this point, without just stepping it on it. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. This is true. But this is a different Kong, maybe. I no, right. Know. I'm, I'm fine with them not yeah. going there with this character. I mean, I, I think if they're going to be in the world of monsters that fight, we don't necessarily need the typical Kong story He's of the tragic things, yeah. character that, yeah. that dies the way he always has died. And thank God that it's it's big things that are fighting that aren't fucking machines, man. I'm mm-hmm. so sick of the the new Power Rangers movie that's about to come out, mm-hmm. where you're watching two things fight and can't tell what's going on. Yeah. And then Transformers, that's really hard to kind of discern yeah, it's like five movies of how metal something parts stops running around. and continues or ends yeah. and you can't tell what's going on you can't tell the difference between a building and a and a, a robot and it's... I, I love that shit though I, I'm, I, don't, I don't even care got you. Yeah, no, you're, everything you're saying is completely accurate I have a feeling that this I love next the, one might be I love okay the, though I love the fighting in Transformers movies <laughs> anytime they slow it down and maybe that's because I can actually see what the fuck's right. going on yeah. Like, I, I'm like done when they slow that shit down in slow it's motion. It's pretty cool. I'm such a, I, I'm like an easy target for the Michael Bay slowdown shot of yeah. a transformer fighting one another. No, I have to agree when 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 I can see what's going on. Oh, I, so I, good. I think the scale of it it can be kind of impressive yeah, yeah. the way they put together those sequences. Yeah. It'll be nice to see. And the Godzilla new one actually party. seems crazy. The new Transformers yeah. movie seems yeah. crazy and stupid enough that it might be fun. Right. You know, I hope and so. I think that right. that's what you need with oh, this that's type the other one you didn't mention. Oh, with the oh, that's right. Yeah, that's coming this year too. Wow. Big gear. Crazy. <laughs> Literally big gear with these yeah, giant yeah. apes and robots. I'm glad this movie was as solid as it is, and I hope people get to see it. I know that it might get lost. So what do we think? Do we think this movie takes this weekend, or do we think that it's another week for Logan, just because I think it's going to be so close, strong. I think. I think Logan's going to take it. But I think that this I think that this is going to be a word-of-mouth sort of deal. Mm-hmm. I think that the first week is going to be like, meh. And then it's going to people are going to be like, this is a good movie. It's actually a good movie. I think it's going to pick up. I think if enough hits before Friday, I think this could eke it out. You think so? I don't know. Like I'd be I'd be super happy to see Logan drop like 40%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if it hits like that 50%, I think this one could get up to 45, 50, 55. Mm. It, I don't know. It could be close, man. Word of mouth on Logan is very positive. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I would love to see that movie do like a 40, 35% drop. That's like rare in comic book movies. Nice. Yeah. Or just big action opening weekend bust out movies. Mm-hmm. But I think they'll be close. I think I, it, you're right, though, in the sense that like it is kind of an interesting movie in terms of you think that this movie would do like ridiculous weekend box office. Yeah. It's a huge budget film. Um, but 
I think it'll do okay, and it'll do well internationally too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's uh, I think it might fall victim to a little bit of this sandwiching between two bigger things. Yeah. But if you get if it gets word of mouth or you know has this like repeat action going, like it it could still find a pretty good life. It's definitely worth checking out. Like all hundred and ninety millions of those dollars are on the screen. It is. Yeah. It is. I, you know what, man? That movie is fucking gorgeous. It is. And the special effects in it are incredible. It's so good. I loved all of the Kong effects. Mm-hmm. Even all the other creatures on the island, they were all really cool. But I mean, the how fluid Kong looked. Like it did. Yeah. I didn't really. I can't remember many of the moments like where it looked kind of like that jelly like weird movie yeah, like the hair effects were really incredible yeah like when he's like bleeding and he's like trying to rinse himself off in the mm-hmm. in that lake yeah. like i don't know man i thought that like going from a movie like kings of summer to this film and i know you know he's not like the visual effects artist but he's kind of shepherding this whole effort yeah. there's a lot to be said for like it looking that good a lot of directors even if doing the effects or not they get overwhelmed oh, by yeah. that side that's that, i mean like we hear about it all the time. These guys who get kind of plucked and put mm. on these movies yeah. that it like there's there's talk behind the scenes about uh, about them not being in command, and you can you can imagine a lot of times it's because they're not able to control that large of a production. This yeah. is a super confident seeming film. Absolutely, I would have yeah. believed this was one of these old hat guys who has done a couple effects movies already. Yeah. So very yeah. elegant. And I think what you're saying about the, the way Kong looked, I found myself half the time going, I can't decide if it looks more... I mean, I don't know if this looks real. I don't know if with CGI stuff if it looks real, but it looks... Mm. It's like it's beautiful and it feels like it's in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you're you like, I don't know if that's what a giant ape would look like. But it, I'm, t- I'm torn between thinking it looks like a painting or a photograph, not looking at it as pixels. Do you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. the, right, right. it's got such depth to it. It is like something you couldn't see that wouldn't exist in the real world. Yeah. But the amount of detail and just the amount of weight uh, they were able to give it, I was really impressed by. Yeah. The, the nerve of them to have him in broad daylight for as much as they did. I know. And it looks so of fucking... it, Almost all of it yeah. is. Yeah. I was like, man, this really blends yeah, with. Like all of the action, especially any movement action scenes, like they're yeah. all like in the daylight. I was like, what? This is this is bold. They're it confident. also turned night to day really quick in that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's you get a, literally. I think they were them. like confident, like we gotta get it to daytime. <laughs> yeah. We gotta show more calm. Let's show him right Cause, now. Because he's fucking cool. He looks <laughs> so great. Crazy. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. impressed. Kong, go see it. If yeah. uh, take your pick, PG thirteen, go see Kong. Yeah, if you're looking at a little R action, maybe go see Logan. Yeah, if you didn't cool. catch Logan and you're wondering if it's really worth seeing, I think we're all saying, even if you're not a comic book movie person or a superhero movie person, yeah. uh, you should go check this out. Now that being said, I do place Logan in my top five superhero movies, probably. Yeah, agreed. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm prepared to say that. And I, the rest of them, are the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, Oh, see, I wouldn't go there. No. Yeah. What? No. What are you? What no. are you? What of it? What is this else? a future podcast? I know. No, I think it is. Go, go beyond. Is. Go, go, yeah. go, go beyond. Comic the book movies. Ooh. Go. Ooh. Do we do that before the end of this year, though? Because some I of the know. ones coming out this year look like what? they might There's make so, a run for it. There's so many coming out this year that maybe we should do, view that as a late in the year. Maybe yeah. we should. I think you're right. Maybe we I should. It's right. it's it's feeling like these are some pretty defining ones, especially Guardians of the Galaxy, this second one feels like it's doing something bigger mm-hmm. than the first one. Well, there's so much more confidence on the part of everybody. Yeah. That first one was so confident, but you the, but the Guardians of the Galaxy 2, everything I'm getting from all the marketing is just 
they know. We I mean, got like, this. Which make, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but that's where you go. Please, right. please, please be good. Don't because be, you guys don't are, be an ego. Because you guys yeah. are swaggering. You know, there's a yeah. swagger to it. Yeah. And it's Bragging working for those, It's yeah. working for me so far. Like yeah. all the little, the fact that they're giving away so many gags. And I feel like the confidence of James Gunn is probably saying, you, I'm no not. Clue. You don't. You haven't seen ten yeah, percent of what's going to be in this movie. But like yeah. the fact that there's like ten new Drax laugh lines just from the trailers alone, and like yeah. you're starting yeah. to get a shape of the movie. That excites me. Yeah, I think that the, all these movies they've they've. I don't know. There's they've figured out what they're doing with some of this stuff. You yeah, know? yeah. But but I do think that <laughs> that the pride that comes before a fall. A lot of times, if you have that first movie yes. that people aren't expecting. And then it does great, and then you throw all this weight behind the next one. A lot of times, that is when you overdo or you yeah. overshoot, or it's just not. You just can't capture lightning in a bottle again. They're, you know? they're yeah. getting to a point where these movies mean a lot more because it's leaning towards the big war that's mm-hmm. happening very soon, and it feels like they, if they fuck this up, it could really mess up the momentum a lot. Right. Which which would give some headway for other companies. Well, which is it's happening good. if it were happening while these other things are happening. Then it means that at some point that brand means less. Right. Yes. And it, I mean, it, it it allows the Kongs to mean more and the Logans to mean more yeah. if the if the the you know if the eight hundred pound gorilla that Marvel represents is actually not able to sort of seal the deal. I I don't see them losing their way the way DC has. No. But I could see it very easily becoming a situation where if their movies don't feel special enough one by one that that just that that brand doesn't have the power that it did before back to John's original comment yeah. I would agree that Logan would be in my top five comic yeah. book movies really maybe even in my top three yeah it's great it, it could a make great a, it could make a play I'd have to watch a couple over again but it could make a play for it mainly I mean if anything for living and breathing so greatly in that character for 17 like I just yeah. I, I, oh, we, we, I've mentioned it to you guys so many times like I just love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine he's mm-hmm. so good and like I just uh, don't know that I've seen something that really handled a character, and what happens to the character so well as what Logan did. Honestly, mm-hmm. I really don't. But it's it's up there, man. It's it's really really great. So because to, it works as a movie, it's right? Like, it, it's it. It's mm-hmm. it. You know, you don't have to like I forget who said it, but like you don't have to be sold on all these comic book movies to really enjoy yeah, the film. Yeah, right, right. right. You really don't. If you have awareness of the character at all, you could go and check it out. If you love him as the character, or if you're into it. You have to check this out. Like yeah. you have to see the film. It's a must see. Um, so yeah, two two go heads this week. Yeah, take your pick. Maybe go see both. I mean, you have plenty of time. Yeah, I would say if you don't have a kid, go out and see all the movies you can <laughs> while you can before you have a kid. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, you guys can find us at moviesmovie.com. Plenty of other episodes to listen to if you haven't listened to every hundred and eighty four that were prior to this one. You got plenty of time after you see Logan and Kong. Ronald, what have they been doing with their time if they haven't been listening to the other 184 episodes? I don't of know, man. Wasted their time. They need awesome. to go back to episode one. Start with is Insidious was the first episode. Yep. Yep. And and get going. Just get listen going. to them. Just get go going. right on through. <laughs> Power through those. Uh, Facebook. Well, actually, moviesmovie.com, I said already. Mm. iTunes is like, if you can go there and rate us. Oh, or please do. Please rate us. Please do something. It, 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 it's it's kind of silly how much it really helps like just yeah. to get yeah. like another star rating mm-hmm. 
or you know whatever you think about it, rate it. It would be really, really appreciated. The five-star rating, though, in the review on iTunes, it's like enough of those. It makes it easier for other people to find, to find it, our yeah. podcast. Yeah. Now, unless you're a selfish asshole who just wants this podcast for yourself and your little friends, whoever you are that are out there listening, I know yeah. you guys get together in groups and you watch the show, or you listen to the show, you watch it maybe, yeah. but you listen to the show and you talk about how you're never going to spread the word because you don't want anyone to know about your favorite little show. Well, mm-hmm. that, that time is over. <laughs> We're tired of it. We need to get started making this $20,000 yeah. that we've been talking about. And thank you to the anonymous Stitcher commenter that said that Movie Schmovie needs to find some more people's ears. Yeah, basically a couple of years ago... The guy made the point that we were hard to find and uh, we needed to be out there more. So yeah. uh, he probably had a point. Thank you. That we man. didn't even know about that review for a couple of years. Yeah, seriously. Those those reviews on iTunes, it would just be cool to to mm. see those. In fact, if we get those, we'll read them on the show. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, Thank whatever you. you say about us, we have to read it. That's our goal. Like every next episode, we've got to have at least one or two to read on mm-hmm. on the show. But anyway, so yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, actually, little teaser, real quick. The next episode we're gonna do is gonna be our annual movie, uh, Shmovie Awards. Yes, mm-hmm. the fifth annual Shmovie Awards. Fifth annual. Um, we so, have some of not... our mo- some of our most exciting categories ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What what John said. Yeah, it's gonna be really <laughs> exciting. And I, I, I have I have it on good authority uh, that uh, the the firm of Price Walkerhouse Schmooper has really tightened things up in taking cue from right. based based on what happened with the Oscars, Oscars this year. There's a lot of people in the awards community that are afraid that our credibility has been just decimated by this. So they mm. tightened it up. So you can expect the next movie awards to be the most tightly run awards show ever. Cool. I'm not going to be tweeting during the awards presentation. I know that. None of that stuff. I'm not going to have like a tour group walking through. <laughs> I think Focus. Th- I think those guys are the ones that mixed up the envelopes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's going to be on the next episode coming out, hopefully in a couple weeks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Shmovie Awards, which you should all be very excited for, because like John said, very exciting categories. Mm. Yes. It's the last one. We're, we're late in the season, but it's, it's appropriate that the I would say the best and most important award show right. should be the one that's last in the season. Yeah, obviously. I appreciate it. So yeah, that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.